0: Welcome to the Courageous Worth Podcast. I'm your host, Empowerment Coach, Ashley Baxter. Every Tuesday, I bring you interviews with inspiring guests, and every Thursday, I share a little message with tips to help you live with courageous worth because you are valuable and desperately needed in this world. Today on the Courageous Word Podcast, I have Tess Hayes. Tess is the author of May You Shine, Love Letters to the Hurting, Healing, and Growing Heart, a book meant to bring comfort and inspiration to people of all ages and stages in life. Over the years, Tess has overcome heartbreak, growing pains, and other difficult moments life has thrown her way. Yet she has found peace in learning to love herself and she wants to help others love themselves as well. She strives to be a catalyst for connection love and compassion. Hey there, it's Ashley. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you're looking to gain more confidence, you can get started today by taking my free short video course entitled Four Mindsets to Deep Rooted Confidence. You can sign up for it at theashleybaxter.com backslash free course. So pause this episode right now and head over to theashleybaxter.com backslash free course to grab your free gift. I am here today with Tess Tess just launched a fabulous book that I'm so excited to talk about and she has so much experience and has just been someone that definitely exemplifies the term courageous worth so I'm so excited for you to listen to her her story and how she's using her story but before we get into that you live in a very cold part of the United States sometimes <laughs> in Minneapolis I live by the coast in North Carolina. And so we rarely see snow. And so I consider it a magical event when that happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so funny.
0: <laughs> Do you have any snow on the ground right now?
1: Um, we have a little bit. Yes. It's just so funny. The different perspectives though. If you're like, oh, it's magical. And I'm like, oh my gosh, get the snow out of here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm
0: a friend. laughs> I know. I, um, I definitely feel like a kid when we get any around here. But I understand if I had to live with it every day and drive with it and shovel it, I'd have a very different perspective yeah. of that. Yeah,
1: it's fun for about a week. And then I'm like, okay, sunshine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And one fun fact I loved learning about you is that you were voted most or best dressed. Is that what it was in high school?
1: Yes, I was voted best dressed in high school. <laughs> I, I like laugh about it because I'm like, so I love to get like dressed up, but I always have, always will. But I'm like, this past year with COVID and stuff, I'm like, I've been rocking the casual look, the like work from home leggings and sweatshirt. Yes. <laughs> like, for example, there was a week where my boyfriend was like, "Um, how many days in a row have you worn those leggings and that sweatshirt? I'm like, none of your business.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm saving on water and... <laughs>
1: But I love to get dressed up. Like when my book launched earlier this week, um, we went out to dinner because restaurants are open here now in Minneapolis. And my boyfriend's like, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't care. I just want an excuse to get fancy. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Was it a hard choice on what to wear?
1: It was. I actually, yeah, I had to go through a couple different outfit changes, but found one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) it's like, it's one thing when you're getting dressed up regularly, but then we were like, okay, this is one of the few times that this is happening in a while. What's going to be the one I choose? Make it, make it good. Yeah. (laughs) And I know you said that you used to lay out your outfits. So now was, I have to ask, was this in hopes that you were going to get best dressed or was that as a after effect of you getting best dressed?
1: Um, no, yeah, I definitely did not try and get that stressed. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've always loved to like put outfits together
0: yeah.
1: and, up and stuff. So it was just a fun thing for me.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, and I know that um, <laughs> in, in regular times and non COVID times, when I would put outfits together beforehand for the whole week, it would make my mornings less stressful. So you're ahead yes. of the ball in many ways.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's exactly it. Like the last things you can have to do in the morning. The better your day is gonna be. So, lay it out ahead of time.
0: Exactly, exactly. Oh, well, I am just again so excited about your book. So, please share what your book was is titled, who it's for, and what's it about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just um, is officially published as of this past Monday, and it's called "May You Shine: Love Letters to the Hurting, Healing, and Growing Heart." So, um, I kind of wrote it as like something that people can just pick up whenever they want to. It's not like you have to read it front to back at the same time, you know, keep your nightstand or your coffee table, but, um, really just wanted it to provide comfort and inspiration to people. I mean, so many people are struggling right now. And so it was kind of my way, I say, of like hugging the world in a way, um, also just to serve as a source of inspiration you know make people believe and realize that they're capable of so much um sometimes we just need that friend or that person to kind of sit up sit with us and what we're going through in life and give us that gentle encouragement that we desire so hope that i can be that friend for people um, through my words and you know i don't have all the answers i believe me i I wish I did, but I don't. So this book, like these letters in there, it's it's almost like me taking words that I have had to hear at some point in my life or that I still need to hear. Um, and knowing that there are other people out there that need to hear the same too.
0: Yeah. And you were so kind when we first connected about you getting on the podcast. You sent me some sample pages from the book and I read them and it was just, our stories are very different, but it was quickly... I could quickly realize that your words speak to people of all different phases in life and stories and what they're going through. And I just think it's so powerful, your words. Um, And I'm just excited for more people to read it and for it to just be a really healing piece. And I loved how you said that you wrote down a lot of words that were words that you need to hear. And I think those words are words that are going to resonate with so many people and it feel the exact same thing for them. Like sometimes it's just when we hear that someone puts those words in the same thoughts that we have at that it, you just feel seen and understood. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not crazy. Like I, others have felt this way and I can get through this. And so I just think that's a very powerful piece of your book that I'm excited about for others to enjoy.
1: Thank you for saying that, because honestly, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, if we can feel less alone in our suffering, then that makes it so much more bearable. And so, yeah, just people know that they're seen, they're understood, and we're in this together.
0: Yeah. Well, and can you share some of your story and what led you to writing the book?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've always loved to write. And so it's kind of been my way that I best express myself, I feel like. Um, You know, like I would journal when I was younger. I would I still do, but like write letters to people, um, kind of just my way of taking what's on my heart and fully expressing that. And so uh, probably like a little over two years ago, you know, I was struggling with going through a really bad breakup um, and just felt really alone and saddened and lost. And so other people's words were really what brought me so much peace and so much solace. And so that's when I started to publish my own words, like put them out in the world because it was kind of the first time that I realized my words could be my way to not only express myself, but to connect with other people. You know, I could take what I already love to do so much and I could use it to help serve others. And so, you know, I think that's a really beautiful space for people to be in is when you're able to take what you love and use it to like help others. Um, And so that really is my, my biggest hope with this book. And exactly like what you said earlier is just that it can reach as many people as possible so that I'm able to help as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I know that you shared like, so much um with me in different ways about just the struggle with alcohol and everything and how that's, you know, part of your story. Um, what would you say like to someone listening right now who is questioning whether or not their relationship with alcohol is unhealthy? Like what are some questions you would maybe tell them to ask themselves to explore that?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I know that for me, I got really wrapped up in the whole alcoholic label. Like I, that's kind of what held me back from making a change because I would look and I'm like, well, I don't think I'm an alcoholic. Like I don't, I haven't gotten a DUI. I don't like, not homeless under a bridge. I didn't like fit some of these check boxes of an alcoholic. And so that prevented me from making a change sooner. Um, So I would encourage people to not ask yourself, am I an alcoholic? Um, You know, instead asking, is this benefiting me? Is my drinking serving me? Um, I know for me, some other questions that ran through my mind were like, is this helping me be my best self? And clearly the answer was no for me. Um, And also to I mean, I don't have kids right now, but there were times where I, I thought to myself, like if my future kids, if I were to act this way in front of them, or they were to see me behaving in this way, I would feel so guilty. And I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, that additional shame of like mom shame or dad shame of not only did they put themselves through this drinking, but they put them their kids through that as well. Um, That's a real struggle. And so I would encourage people to say, you know, how is this affecting not only me, but the other people in my life as well. And taking the time to listen to that voice inside of you. Um, I think when you ask yourself these questions, sometimes it's an answer you don't want to hear. It's an answer that scares you. Um, But, you know, if you listen to that voice or if you don't listen to that voice, that's either what's going to keep you stuck where you are, or it's going to be what gives you that courage to take that next step forward.
0: Yeah. And I love you talking about the label of an alcoholic, because I agree. I think that sometimes we get these ideas in our head of what certain words mean, you know, and lots of times that's based off of maybe what we see on television. And so sometimes that can keep us from seeking help and asking those hard questions because we're playing a comparison game. And I love the way that you were to like struggle with alcohol. And I think you know that's true for. We all have our different struggles of different things in our lives. Like something that could be managed well by someone else isn't managed well by another person. And I think that so many times we let these labels keep us from exploring that. And I also love how you, you know, we're thinking about how you how this would look if you had kids at the moment. And I know that like. It, it, it would be great if all of our decisions were able to be done because of how much we value ourselves and the type of person we want to be. But sometimes that's a really good motivator. I know I can speak for myself. There's been times where I'm like, okay, but would I want this for, you know, one of my friends? Would I want this for, you know, whoever you're using? And I, I think that's fine. That's okay. And that's good. Like you have to, sometimes it's, it's almost like one of those things where something that maybe you're allowing yourself to have in your life is something you would never want one of your friends to have in their life. So why would you do that to yourself? But it can be hard to sometimes make that connection, especially when we're really struggling with an, an issue. So I I just, anyway, I'll say I just loved so much about what you just shared.
1: Yeah, no, I hit you. I think you hit it on the head by saying like, would you want this for your friends? Um, that's a good question that you can ask yourself as well, for sure.
0: Yeah, and so what led you to eventually breaking free from alcohol and, and having a choosing a sober life?
1: Yeah, so so I've been sober for almost 14 months now, um, and for me, honestly, it wasn't like some big rock bottom that caused me to stop drinking. It was just kind of like a quote unquote typical night of you know telling myself I wasn't going to drink too much me drinking too much, um, blacking out, fighting with my boyfriend that night. And then waking up, of course, with that, like crippling, just shame and guilt and feeling like I have to throw up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and thinking to, like, I mean, I'd had so many of those moments before in my life. Um, but for whatever reason, something just kind of broke inside of me that morning where I knew that I had had enough and I could not continue like this anymore. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. And it's almost like I felt like God just shaking me and saying like, honey, like enough is enough. And so I just I remember sitting on my bed crying that morning and saying to my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm in this torturous middle zone. You know, I was at this place where I was afraid to keep drinking, because I knew that it was ruining my life. And I couldn't continue that way. But I was just as afraid to stop drinking. Because I mean, that meant my life changing completely as i knew it. It meant flipping 180 degrees and at the time to me that was like a bad change. Um i would soon come to realize it's the most beautiful and freeing change ever, but at the time it's scary. So you're just like stuck in this torturous middle zone of like what do i do? Um but you know when i decided i needed to stop drinking at that point, i didn't actually know if i was going to be completely sober forever at that point. Um actually when I like first sat down with my boyfriend and told him my decision, I think I even like included in that explanation, I'm like, you know, like in a few years I'll probably be able to like have a drink or two or like it's not like forever thing. Like I'll be able to be a normal drinker down the road, but like right now that's what I need to do. And like it soon became very apparent that this was going to be a forever thing and that's the decision I wanted to make. But you know, um Honestly, for me, like I had to be at a point where I was ready to stop drinking. Um, God played a big, a big part of that. And I felt him kind of with me at every step of the way as I struggled throughout my drinking years. And at this point in time, at that moment morning, I really felt him just pulling me a little harder and saying, you know, this is it. You can do this. I'm with you. We're gonna do this together. And so God definitely kind of made it apparent that like this this was the moment. Um also for me, you know, so much of my 20s was focused on partying and drinking. And that's just how I socialized. And that's what I did to have fun. And my friends, that's how we connected. And so that's what I was used to. That's like all I knew from so much of my life. Um, I was also in a really bad relationship earlier where You know, he, my boyfriend at the time knew that I drank too much, but he made me feel like a bad person because of it. You know, he would, he would make me feel like I was just awful because of my drinking and, you know, threatened to leave me or actually leaving me because of it. Um, And so for me, I had to, you know, A, grow out of that party lifestyle where I was starting to surround myself with people who were, you know, those soul nourishing friends those, those people that you want in your life that are in your corner that are healthy to be around. So I, I had done that. I also, um, you know, I started a relationship with a new boyfriend, my current boyfriend now. Um, and he was able to, you know, he acknowledged and knew that I drank too much, but he never made me feel like a bad person. And that was so key. You know, he gave me grace and forgiveness and love as I kind of struggled through it. Um, and that was really crucial because you can't stop drinking for somebody else completely. Like that can be a motivator, absolutely, like we talked about before, but it can be the sole reason that you stop drinking. You have to stop drinking for yourself. And so I would really just challenge people to look at who they're surrounding themselves with um, and finding people that A, are living that lifestyle you wanna live, mm-hmm. um, and B, who are gonna be, you know, hold you accountable for your actions, of course but who are also going to love and support you along the way, I think is is really important and a big part of how I got sober.
0: Yeah, no. And I, gosh, you talking about how someone valuing you and loving you in the midst of where you were and how that was such an important piece and how exactly like you said, like you can maybe make changes for a while for someone else, but for them to be lasting changes, they have to be for yourself like that is so powerful and I've often said that for me that was part of my journey in learning to love myself more because when I was going through my healing from sexual trauma I didn't I I realized that I hadn't really valued myself a lot beforehand and I realized that any process that takes a long time like you know adopting a sober lifestyle or whatever that is or seeking healing from something they aren't short things and they take a lot of work. And so it has to be something where eventually you have to value yourself enough and be wanting to see this change or this progress in yourself enough that you have to truly love and value yourself. So I loved hearing that part of your story and realization and your journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, how would you describe your life now versus how it was before? Yeah. So
1: uh, kind of, I had mentioned these words before, but they're so true is just the idea of being so free. It's like, I have this beautiful life now. And I like to think of it almost as like, I'm starting to live my life in HD versus Mm -hmm. before it was like, I just had this fog over my mind, my heart, my spirit and everything. Um, You know, I thought that alcohol was bettering me. Um, Clearly it was not. It was really just holding me back from me being my authentic self, me being my best self. And so, I mean, I'm able to enjoy mornings without that shame, that guilt, that headache, that, you know, hugging the toilet, those moments, trying to figure out where my phone is, where my purse is. Like, I don't have to go through that anymore. I wake up and I can almost like breathe a sigh of relief and like thank God for being alive and just start my day with that peace of mind almost, um, which is, a really great feeling. Um I'm definitely able to get more done. I mean, when you're drinking or at least when I was drinking, it was like this constant roller coaster of okay, you're good, you're good. Oh, drank too much. Now you're going to come down for a few days, figure it out, and then you're good, you're good. Oh, the same thing happens. And so it's just like it can be like debilitating almost where I mean, now that I don't have to deal with that, I mean, yes, I still have my ups and downs in life. Don't get me wrong, but they're not caused from alcohol. Um, So, I mean, like, I don't think I would have even published a book. I really don't. If I was still drinking, I just would not have had that focus and the ability to get as much done, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, ultimately, I've just really been able to like soak in the beauty of each moment so much more. So you know, like for me in social situations, I drank because I thought it gave me confidence and it made me this outgoing, bubbly, fun person, which I think so many of us have that belief. Um, but now I've had to learn kind of how to just show up as myself in social situations. And that's been hard and definitely still a journey that I'm navigating as well. But, you know, I'm able to when I'm able to enjoy laughter or enjoy a good conversation with someone or enjoy an adventure, whatever it is, and to be able to say, like, I did that myself. Like me, Tess Hayes, showed up and enjoyed that and soaked in all of that moment without alcohol. I mean, it's such a rewarding feeling. And so, I mean, overall, just getting sobers allowed me to have my true self shine and allowed me to enjoy life on a level I didn't even know was possible. And I wish everyone could feel it. I really do. It's, it's a feeling you can't ever replace.
0: Yeah. And I love how I'm sure that has poured into every area of your life. Like you, you know, thinking you needed alcohol to be more confident or courageous or or whatever, you know, and then realizing like, no, you don't need it. Like you have been able to find it on your own. And how that just goes into all these different areas of your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think that people are going to find out so much about themselves, like when they stop drinking, because it's like you're drinking to mask something. You're drinking to numb something. And so when you stop drinking, I mean, that that can be part of the hard part is now you're left having to deal with all of these emotions. But it's also part of the beautiful part of it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, for someone listening right now that just relates so much to everything that you're saying, but is scared, like they're, they're on the verge where they like they feel like they're ready to take a step towards life change, but they're scared to what would you say would be the first next step for them?
1: Oh, I guess, first off, I mean, I would applaud you for being able to acknowledge that the life you're living right now is not the life you want to be living. Um, You know, even if you're mad about falling into old habits or patterns or making the same mistake again, you know, self-awareness is a sign of progress. And so I think that is something that people should take the time to be proud of themselves for is just that first step. Um, I would also challenge people to find even just one person to open up to about what's on their heart, what they're struggling with, their fears, their concerns. I mean, that could be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be a family member or even a stranger. I honestly, I've had people on Instagram reach out to me and share their story with me and say, you're the only person that knows this because I'm too scared to tell anybody else. And so literally it could be a stranger that you reach out to. I mean, honestly, reach out to me. I would love to be a, a listening ear for you and to be there for you along your journey. But you know, it's when we allow this deep, dark secret of ours to breathe out in the open, even if it's just to one person, then it doesn't hold as much power over us. Um, I think so many of us struggle in silence. And I know for me, like I didn't do this. I kind of kept everything inside of me. I mean, my boyfriend knew, but like not to the extent, like I didn't share all of my feelings and struggles and everything with him. Um, And I know that because of that, I was like held captive in my pain for much longer than I needed to be. So I think, you know, we're so afraid of judgment, you know, people, they're not going to want to be in our lives or they're going to label us or they're going to talk about us or whatever it is. But one thing I've learned since I stopped drinking and like started to like share my story out with people is that there are so many people out there in my exact same shoes, in your exact same shoes. There are millions of people who are struggling with drinking, but like most of them won't actually speak up about it. And it's because of that fear. So really just encourage you to find to find just one person to kind of start opening up to about that. Um, another thing I would say is the internet. I mean, the internet is your friend when it comes to drinking, stopping drinking, whatever it is. There's Instagram accounts, there's Facebook pages. It's almost like this safe space where you know you don't have to like go out on a mountaintop and yell for everyone to hear what you're struggling with, yet it allows you to still connect with people. You can get inspired from afar, from people who have gone through the same thing as you. You can listen or read about people's stories and think, oh my gosh, me too. Like I have gone through that same thing. You can get resources, you can get advice, you can get encouragement, whatever it is. Um, So definitely, and if anyone wants to like know some good Instagram accounts or whatever, feel free to reach out to me because I can definitely send some your way. But um, I I would definitely encourage you to look there as well. Um, And also just some introspection. I think that when you take time to ask yourself, why am I drinking? Why am I afraid to stop? Why can't I open up to anyone? Of us, like, ask yourself the why, 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 and you're gonna uncover parts of you that are just crying out to be loved. Really, they are just crying out to be accepted, and you can give that to yourself. You know, you can allow yourself to start to heal and to start that journey. But you know, being gentle with yourself along the way as well. Um, I mean, believe me, I did not. I know. I like in my story, I said I woke up one morning and decided to not drink but like it was a journey it was 10 years of struggle and having those same experiences night after night after morning after morning whatever it is and so you know making sure to give yourself that grace give yourself that self-compassion and like we talked about earlier together just like speaking to yourself like you'd speak to your friend um and that, that's what we need. We don't need to be so hard on ourselves. I think for sure, um, and just taking it a day at a time. Yeah. For me, I was like so overwhelmed thinking about forever. I was like, "You mean like I'm not gonna drink till I like, die? Like forever, forever?" <laughs> and it just it was so overwhelming to me. So I couldn't think of it that way because I think you know if you do, you're gonna stop before you even start. And so just taking it like day hour. By hour, day by day, week by week, and those will start to add on top of each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, if you would have told me I'm going to be 14 months sober a year, two years ago, I would have thought you were crazy. But I just have taken it day by day, so I think that's what everyone needs to do as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, and and just congratulations to all the hard work that you have done and kept taking all those steps over and over and laying that foundation that has brought you to where you are today. Um yeah. And again, so much of your book I think is about helping people value themselves. What is a mindset that the person listening right now could apply to learn to love themselves more?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in need of more love. You know, we could all learn to love ourselves a little more or a lot more. <laughs> um something I've like I've enjoyed doing, and I think that can help other people a lot is visualize your seven-year-old self or your five-year-old self or whatever it is. And what does that little girl or that little boy need? You know, what do they need to be told? How do they need to be treated? And then realizing, like taking a step back and realizing that little girl or that little boy, that's still you right now. And so taking the time to give yourself all of that, all the acceptance, the approval the love, the kindness, whatever it is that you're seeking, give that to yourself. Um, I think that, you know, as I mentioned before, like the idea that we're just so hard on ourselves, and we speak so poorly to ourselves. um, But learning to just be a little bit more gentle with our hearts, with our thoughts, with our feelings, and all of that's really going to help you love yourself more.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that everyone after listening to this episode is going to want to buy your book, connect with you. (laughs) So where can they get your book and where can they find you online?
1: Yeah. So you can um, Barnes and Noble, the best place to buy it is Amazon. So I'd say go there. It's on a couple other online retailers as well, like Barnes and Noble and stuff. Um, So go to Amazon and then also you can follow me on Instagram. um, Tess underscore Hayes. And then my website, you can also check that out and reach out to me on there um, at www.tesshays.com.
0: Perfect. And I'll be including all those links to your book, to Instagram, your website, and the show notes. People can easily just click and connect with you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I love to connect with people. So reach out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, and for two final questions, I love to ask people. Number one, and exactly what you were (laughs) just saying, how it the way that we talk to ourselves typically is just not, hasn't been great over the years. You know, I think that we all struggle with this. And so one of the questions I love to ask people is what is your favorite quality about yourself? Just to keep more positive thoughts coming in.
1: Yeah. Um, I think... For me so I would say my sensitivity and it's funny because I used to hate this part of myself I thought it was like a not good quality just because when you think of like sensitivity I'm like okay it makes me get my feelings hurt or I take things personally or I cry a lot but I over the years like I've come to realize there's such a beautiful aspect to my sensitivity as well I mean, it allows me, it gives me my compassion. It allows me to empathize with people and listen. It gives me that desire to want to help people, to want to be there with people. Um, And so definitely trying to like always embody those um, positive parts of it in my life.
0: Oh, yes. And then last question, if you had a magical megaphone that you could use one time to say one sentence to everyone in the whole world, what would it be?
1: Um... Well, I would love to say a million different
0: things.
1: (laughs) I'll just stick to your rules of one. Um, Honestly, I would keep it simple. I really would. There's a quote of mine I love that says, be kind to everyone for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Mm. And so for me, you know, it's and it's so important during these times of what's going on in our world, too. But just it's not up to us to judge. It's not up to us to criticize like our only job on this earth is to love one another and that's it. So by being kind, we're doing just that.
0: Yeah. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has just been so rich and wonderful. And thank you for being so open and vulnerable with everyone listening.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on the show. I love it. And I hope that my story can help even just one person.
0: That wraps up today's episode of the Courageous Worth podcast with me, your host, Ashley Baxter. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a five-star rating and review of the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show doing so makes a big impact in this show's message reaching more people. Also, did you know that there's a video version of this episode? Well, there is. Just head over to theashleybaxter.com backslash blog to find it, as well as show notes for this episode. I'm so thankful for you and I'd love to continue building a relationship with you. So please connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at TheAshleyBaxter. If this particular episode was very impactful to you, please share a screenshot of it on your social media and tag me. Until next time, remember you are valuable and desperately needed in this world.